like that kind of that's what I was kind of getting with the, with the previous question. Like, do you feel right. like from a strategic perspective, how should you build Revenue your business? Revenue shares only work if you're gonna make some money. Three, two, one, go. Hello everybody and welcome to How to Scale an Agency. We're gonna be focusing on all the ways in which your business can grow and scale online as a digital marketing agency. The digital marketing agency space has never been easier to get into. And on this podcast, we're going to help uncover all the tricks and tools of the trade that digital marketing agency owners are doing today to help them achieve the scale necessary to be wealthy, prosperous, and do good in the world. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, everybody. This is Lucas James with How to Scale Your Agency. I'm here with Mike Johns. He is the owner of Digital Mind State and also a technologist here in Los Angeles. He works in the NFT world, the crypto world. I'll let you introduce yourself, Mike. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Lucas. Great to meet you. And um, it looks like you're up to some pretty cool stuff with both Digital Mind State and the other ventures you've got going on. Could you give us kind of like a 30-second overview of what you're currently doing? Sure. Why don't I start with what Digital Mind State is? Yeah. That might it. be a great, great thing. <laughs> right? So our company, we're a creative agency. I like to think of it this way. We're a connector between Silicon Valley and Hollywood with a serious focus on strategic development with the end game of growth and activation. I like to say activation and then growth. We focus a lot within the consumer electronics space, working with big brand, big Fortune 500 company, all the way down to startup companies that are doing really cool things in the space. Uh, our slogan is real simple, humanizing tech into everyday life. And we're really that bridge connecting technology and lifestyle. That's amazing. I love that summary. So how do you primarily go about getting clients? Is it the point in your business now where most of it is just word of mouth? We're probably at the last stage of that word to mouth, you know, that, that's really good to have, but you've built, uh, you know, I would say for any startup, you're fresh out of college, the people that you're in contact with doing good business, doing good business. I can't repeat that enough and making a name for yourself goes a long way. And you find quickly that thanks to our smartphones, social media, what have you, the world is very small. So whatever profession you are in, be it based here in LA, you'll find that New York is really that close to you. London is that close to you. Tokyo is that close. And so word of mouth really spreads. And that's been probably a, a real strong backbone for us through the journey of becoming digital mind state working with brands that kind of like the snowball effect the snowball just got bigger and bigger and bigger but it's always doing good business bite what you can chew and uh handle your business and um what kind of contracts you typically close with clients like is it are you do you typically close large project-based contracts or do you handle more volume with your agency you can look as a creative agency we're really operating on quality versus quantity. And so when we work with brands as an agency, we're working with startup companies, we're we're at this intersection. So you're working with the companies, big or small, medium size, what have you. And then you're also working with the 
celebs and influencers that we also call brands. All of this whole thing is brands, but typically brands. we're on this side of the fence working with the brands because they have a different needs, be it celebrities and influencers. They're looking for establishing and furthering their digital footprint with the end game of monetizing. Uh, right. Just today, hey, connect me Amara Lanegra and the label that she's on that is home to Pitbull, Flowrider. Hey, we're doing, we have a new artist that's just out of Italy that we're bringing to New York. They'd like to connect. So, right. you know, I didn't have to shop for them. I knew that they already know who we are and what we do. So it, it, it comes to us, so to speak. Yeah. And are, they, are, are the contract sizes like in the tens of thousands or the hundreds of thousands? I mean, when we're dealing with brands, the, the celebrity and influencers, we're doing a lot of strategic development. And what we, I like to always pride myself uh, based on what the need is. If we're in some sort of partnership, then we enter into typical rev share deals. I like to just make yeah. money with you, not take money with you, away mm -hmm. from you. Like However, that. if we're doing <laughs> something to manage a process, then there's you know a retainership fee that we that's charged, and that holds true yeah. also on the other side of the fence where uh, companies such as Little Speaker will retain us mm -hmm. for a period of time, and then also offer equity share and. You know, those figures can are five to six figures. That's amazing. Let's talk about the revenue share deals because uh, that is something a lot of people don't know how to do properly. And it's something that I actually do with uh, scaleyouragency.io um, with that business that I own. So, you know, for that, we're looking for agency unicorns who are going to produce a million dollars in revenue and we make a 15% rev share on it, right? So I'm curious how you structure yours. And also, I'm also curious of any rev share deals that you wish you could have structured better where you might have missed out on some of the upside. Has there been any of those that would be interesting in general? You know? So when working with the, the celebs, influencers, I have no qualms. I love what we've done. It, it's actually morphed over the years from typically uh, what once was a 70-30 rev share split. Yeah. And I'm dating back from the days of T-Mobile saying, hey, Mike, we want your company to produce ringtones, sign right. the talents and produce ringtones. That business model at its core is, is there. But it, I mean, at, at its core, you understand what it is and then it's morphed. So you can look at the ringtone business is obviously over, but then and now we can talk about podcasting. Mm. And so yeah. that same principle is there. Those talents that you use, and we could call it talents and brands, right. those talents that you use to produce the content that's distributed on the platform, mm -hmm. AT&T, T-Mobile, that day is over. That new era is podcast distribution that we're sitting on Spotify, that we're sitting on uh, yeah. Pandora, right? Yeah. To the core, you understand that. And now you're entering into a different type of rev share deal. And so what was once the 70 30s now uh even go to an 80 20 when we start to add the word blockchain then we just go ahead and scale back and say you know what we're only going to make money on the transactions and that's where we are now so we our rev share amount to answer the question has morphed from a particular percentage amount to actually about five percent and then we're, we're giving the talents the other 95 we're only making money off of the uh transactions so 
what what would, you, what would you say your hit rate is on that? Like, cause is this something where you've, you, you know, out of every 10 swings at a rev share deal, you get one that just is a grand slam or do you think that you through like filtering and your, your filtration process of finding the right kind of opportunities is, is it more like a, you know, 300 percent right at a, a batting average or something? What would you Look, say? That's, that's a real good question. I like that. <laughs> now I feel like my mentors start with, there's that gut instinct, yeah. <laughs> right? The, the gut instinct, I have to just kick that off. So that plays a role. You have an eye for it. God gives you this gift. You know what you're looking for. You have a track record. So then you right. put it and create your own formula. When I go back to, and this, this really just explains it. I came into the entertainment business or the music business I probably made a strong footprint in the starting off in the ringtones, fresh out of college. Here's the labels. Agencies are acquiring these massive catalogs to do these big deals. And I'm finding talent out of nowhere. Right. Out of thin air. Yeah. At a, at a strip club. Yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I knew this person would be a rock star. And that happened to be comedian Cat Williams right before. Oh, comedian wow. Even hearts blew up and i just knew like hey he's funny he's got this personality it's at a time when the word pimping is really cool for molly cyrus <laughs> everybody wanted a pimp cup to it was just a thing so he, he was that guy and sure enough we started to blow up he made a uh, top 10 ringtones t-mobile at&t uh kilted verizon and you know talent after talent started to mm -hmm. follow that same formula so you really made a name for yourself and so that I, I pride myself to be able to, you know, look for, do what others are not doing, right? Yeah. Rapper businessman E40 has always said to me, Mike, keep mm -hmm. doing what others are not doing. Mm. I love that. Maybe, I love that. Maybe I think that becomes a, a cliche here. Yeah. It's super interesting. And I mean, just, just from like a strategic perspective, right? Like if I were to go into, let's say I was starting a new business and I wanted to build an extreme amount of trust, which is what I think revenue shares do is because it builds so much trust with your clients and really your partners because you're both winning at the same time. Perfect alignment between vendor and client. It's great. But with that being said, if I were to go into new business, how many wins should I expect if I were to say, you know, do a revenue share? Is it, is it just like the, the law of the universe that certain opportunities will not pan out with revenue shares or do you? Like that kind of, that's what I was kind of getting with the, with the previous question. Like, do you feel right. like from a strategic perspective, how should you build revenue shares only work if you're going to make some money? Yeah. Exactly. So I would look at that question of the talent on this side of the equation, which is yeah. focused on the talents of the talents that I have, let's say 10, 10 talents, some athletes, an actor, which of these are going to produce the cash cow? Yeah, that's that's what I would. That's where the rev share is going to be most effective. So of that, if I have Kevin Hart signed to <laughs> Will Smith to Lady Boo Boo or whatever that look, the one character to, uh, you know, there's the scale of it all is where I'm yeah. going as to what's going to be the the utmost, what you expect where the rev share will work its best. Other than that, it's really just a numbers game. The rev yeah. share is only as good as the talent that it's signed to. And I don't typically look to be like, hey, I, you know, Kevin Hart, we were so close to signing him. I was just spoiled with Cat Williams, but there was the opportunity to have him sign. But in those 
deals, I wouldn't, you know, I always look at being for a digital mindset as an agency. I always look at having our client uh, on the, or the talent best interest at heart. One of the things that we learned as an agency from starting with the ringtones to where we are in the world of NFTs, podcasting and everything under the sun is the fact that, and this will be a good answer to your questions is when we start signing artists and you're doing good business with artists, there's nothing better than better than having artists talk amongst their own fraternity mm-hmm. and say, Hey, you need to check that guy out. That's how we built our name in Hollywood, where the artists were talking about what we were doing and Hey, when they started to endorse, they became the, uh, advertisers of our brand. So that's where things, you know, to this yeah. day, uh, 15 years after the era of ringtones, you know, I'm, I'm getting emails all the time from here's our new talent. What would you like to right. do? What can we do? I love that. One thing I am very curious about with this model is, do you feel like there was a time uh, specifically where you saw a rapid increase in the growth of your business from just like a few correct strategic moves with something like a revenue share? Uh, I'm curious because I, that's kind of how I think about the revenue share model. And I know mm-hmm. you said, you know, it's, it's based on your talents, based on the deal you strike, it's based on all these factors, also intuition. But did you notice it kind of like growing extremely fast at a certain period of time? And I'm curious, out of all these different deals that you do with people, mm-hmm. which one was it that you struck the most gold, essentially? Of all the deals, I, I would honestly, to this date, November 2nd, um, I would say comedian Cat Williams just, I mean, the, the, the returns on that was just ridiculous. One hour sessions was producing six figure checks, one hour in the studio having fun <laughs> and then just producing this into content and repurposing. Right. So Cat Williams and everything he touched that we created was gold. So I would probably put him, uh, Ice Cube, Mike Tyson, Mm. come close. They come close. Mike Tyson is just such a, uh, one, he's a character (laughs) times a thousand. Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm going to still give it up to. Hey, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty solid. If you get a hundred thousand dollars checks for, you know, a couple hours. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody would take that. And there's a slew of artists. I mean, golly, from your favorite rappers to again, athletes. And to this day, I mean, Kat's career is definitely not the same as it once was. And I think, you know, Kevin Hart took that spot, but I would still be a loyal to him in terms of that deal that we did, the fun times, the money that was made, the continuous, yeah, it was just, that was it. That would probably That's be it. my favorite, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you got to factor all those things into it. Um, yeah. It's interesting, uh, the whole business model. And uh, I guess one of my last questions um, before getting into like our, our final round, I just sort of mm-hmm. do some benchmarking uh, compared to other yeah. agencies we'll jump into at the end. But one of my last main questions is, do you have anybody else on your team? Because I mean, it sounds like uh, this kind of a business model. It's it's almost like it's it's so successful because of of you because you built you built all these relationships and then everybody sort of uh, trusts you and knows you. And I think it's I mean, it's obviously highly profitable. I mean, the revenue share model is extremely smart. But I'm curious, like, yeah. is this something that you've uh, built up a digital mind state, or is this something that 
is primarily like a one man shop, but it's it's just producing a lot of revenue. Right on. No, it's a team. Um, I'm just happening to be the face of it, but I have yeah. some awesome rock stars that are with me. Shouts out to George. Shouts out Osei. Mm-hmm. This is the time where I could give some plugs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Avalon, love you like cooked food made by my mom. Um, <laughs> Liz, Eugenia, Allison, Richard. So I don't want to forget anyone. And then our our squad of interns. I love the interns. Mm-hmm. So, so you have like 10 people then? 10 people on the team? Yeah. It's okay. about seven. And then we have five interns. Oh, awesome. That's fantastic. All, all remote? Or do you guys work here all, uh, all remotely? Remotely. Yep. Remotely. Nice. Yeah, we do too. So yeah. makes sense nowadays. That's, that's, that's business as unusual uh, post the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's, I, that's that business as unusual. <laughs> I've been paying for uh, an office space and DTLA since uh, 2019 that I haven't been able to get out of, but we are ending right. our lease uh, next month. So I'm pretty excited about right. that. Um, but yeah. you know, kind of before going into lightning round, do you have any, um, like, which people hit you up for? Like, is there a specific thing that you think uh, is probably most apt for them to contact you about? Your question is, what do people typically hit or what should, what should they? What should they hit you up for? Like anybody listening to this, any particular um, thing you're working on or might find interesting? Well, obviously, I, what we're currently working in on is a lot consulting in the world of NFTs. Obviously, NFT and art has made a serious splash. We're doing a lot in terms of music. We're building out um, a whole new uh, education in music, just building smart artists. And smart artists are those that we... Uh, are leveraging technology, creating immersive experiences to monetize. So this started with uh, Clef, and we're really doing a lot of educational with artists. And this strengthens the DMS brand because by hosting those type of educationals and then also being the gateway for uh, the flock, which is the talents to understand the difference between AR, VR, Internet of Things, wearable technology, mobile apps, social media, blockchain technology. DMS becomes that gateway that that connects them. And so with our smart artist initiative, letting them know where the next new touch points are, you know, it's all about education. So we do a lot of that and people hit us up for kind of always knowing what's what's next. What's the next new thing? Probably our biggest, you know, stronghold is creating, you know, strategy plays. You know, they ask, are you a marketing agency? And I say no. We focus on strategic development and strategic development employs marketing. Marketing right. is a portion of what we do for a strategy. Right. Very smart. Very smart. Well, I'll make sure that, you know, anyone listening to this it, it hits, um, you know, you up about anything related to NFTs or otherwise, but I actually have a couple of questions. I'll probably ask you offline about the NFTs. Cool. So just for like lightning round here really quick, uh, how old are you? Guess what? I guess how old I look. 25. No, not at all. 48. 48. <laughs> 48. Okay, cool. Yeah, we just, this is helpful for some context for the listeners. Uh, how long has your agency been around? 10 years. 10 years. Okay. Any best best business book you've read? Oh, yes. The the uh, Kabbalion. A Kabbalion? How do you get the Kabbal- You know, the, the word a, a Kabbal. A Kabbal. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kabbalion. What's that about? <laughs> Egyptian ancient uh, mysticism, mm. the original ways of this earth, understanding our minds, understanding mental transformations, how to live in this world. Uh, mm. And we, we, yeah, 
some deep, heavy stuff. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Deep, heavy deep, stuff versus living in a material world. Yeah. Yeah, no. Especially nowadays, I feel well, it's metaverse and everything. It's uh, right. kind of interesting. Right. Maybe I'll look about it. What would you say the end goal is with your agency? Do you think you'll always harvest it uh, or do you think you'll sell it one day? We will always harness. It'll probably just, you know, it'll be passed down. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, that's the, great. the company's already in my son's name. So he's he's a chip. Oh, cool. I hear that so, a lot. I hear that a lot with agencies, yeah. you know, people transitioning it to their, their kids Absolutely. and things like that. It's really interesting. You um, want to well, build it out. Good for you. you build that out. Yeah. So it'll be something that's passed down. And I think because of the fact that we're doing cool stuff in tech, you have boys that uh, they love it. They're born into playing with drones, playing with all the stuff. And they see that this yeah. is a company that oversees a lot of that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. And how would you how would you value the agency on like a multiple basis uh, today? Like, would you would you value that like two x revenue, five x EBITDA? Like, what, what do you think is a, a fair valuation? Just curious. Right now, so that oh, that's that's a good question because something that I learned from a prior company that I started was by having the talent signed, mm -hmm. it increases the value of your brand. So mm -hmm. these are talents are so that's obviously what is william morris agency or what have you without the talents right? right so that's what we're doing now heavy within the nft space so right now i would put us at probably a 1.5 but give oh, me uh, a couple more months and watch where that will skyrocket just off of the talent yeah. are signing we have a big meeting november 17th that'll be a game changer as to where things are going You'll be hearing about that. I hope so. Well, you know, it's mm -hmm. interesting because actually 1.5 rev is actually pretty pretty solid for agencies. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of what, trading at 1x revenue, so that's pretty good. But thank you so much for being on the show, Mike. Uh, you know, the agency scaling community fam will hit you up about anything they need. And, uh, you know, feel free to reach out if anything you need as well. But um, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And 